You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Yeah, that was yesterday. Outside the Supreme Court. Some people who were very, very, very angry. You know, I haven't heard Democrats this angry since a Republican president took away their so-called right to have slaves. These folks are mad. Uh... And that's where we are. It is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdy, with you here. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Welcome one, welcome all. If you'd like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And, of course, America, last night, the so-called night of rage that was called for by Jane's Revenge. By the way, uh, uh, my chief engineer, Scott, tells me that um, that Jane's uh, Revenge, whatever it is, they haven't made any new post on there. I wonder if they're worried about their liabilities uh, or whether the FBI would come after them or something if indeed people do what they suggested, which was pretty much riot and, and tear up the country. There was an insurrection last night in Arizona. The Arizona legislature was pretty much held hostage by protesters, and later on they were tear-gassed to disperse, and I think that was probably, from what I'm reading so far and what I've seen, the biggest, most, how shall we say, uh, crazed demonstration. About 20 people were arrested here in New York, demonstration, which I don't understand, and maybe someone can help me with this. New York is a sanctuary uh, state like California is. You want an abortion? Go get an abortion. That's what it's going to be. So why are you protesting in New York? Nothing has affected your rights here in New York City. Why are you protesting? And why are you out trying to commit mayhem? I don't get that. I would just urge that those of you who want to protest going to these weekend protests in red states and in some of the states where, as of today, uh, it might not be so easy. I suggest that if you're going to do, you know, join the big crowds, go protest, you, and you know what happens after these protests. You hook up with somebody, you know, boy meets girl, girl meets boy, and thrilled that he's out protesting for her rights and, 
all of that stuff. And then later on, you guys hook up, you know, have your one-nighter. I would suggest you use a condom because things have changed dramatically over the last 24 hours. And so if you want to have your hookups, your one-night stands and all that after your big protest, you might want to consider using some protection. Just a friendly word of advice. Of course, your body, your choice. Which brings us, interestingly enough, to the first story that I would like to bring to your attention today, ladies and gentlemen. This is from Newsweek. And it is a young lady who wrote an opinion piece. It's on their splash page. And she says, and this is the headline, My abortion was empowering. Rose obliteration makes America more hostile. Really? Before we comment, let us delve into this, shall we? Okay, here we go. I really like to consider myself your typical Texas girl. I grew up going to schools that taught you how to square dance. Surrounded by cow farms, spending my summers exploring all the little creeks and grasses that grew around my childhood home. Now, for those of you city folk that don't understand quite what she's saying, she lived out there in the country. You've seen pictures of it. It's like, you know, all that land, no skyscrapers, no no concrete around for as far as the eye can see. That place. The country. That's what she's describing there, okay? Now, she says, to continue, after she got through exploring all the little creeks and grasses that grew around her childhood home, she says she grew up, I grew up in a large religious family from El Salvador that, for a lot of reasons, didn't get involved in politics. But there's not really a way to grow up in Texas and pretend like politics didn't affect every aspect of our communities, especially related to abortion. So, the author goes on to say, and I, I had her name. I'm trying to, let me just see if I can have her name. Yeah, Stephanie Gomez. So, Ms. Gomez writes, So, when I found out that I was pregnant as a high school senior, I knew the decision to get an abortion was going to be a pivotal part of my identity moving forward. Despite all the negative messaging my entire life, I knew immediately that getting the abortion was the correct choice for me and that I was going to end a pregnancy that I didn't want no matter what. I simply was not going to continue to be pregnant if I didn't want to be. The entire experience was stressful, Ms. Gomez writes, not because of the abortion itself, because of all the state-mandated barriers required by conservative Republican leadership in Texas, the pervasive stigma that I have been absorbing my entire life. The abortion itself was an empowering act. It was the first time that I truly experienced autonomy and agency, and power over my own life and body. The experience 
was similarly important to the development of my political identity because it was the first time I experienced the impact of politics, policy, and just as ingrained abortion stigma is in our society. So when I woke up on June 24th, I read the news that the U.S. Supreme Court had struck down the landmark abortion ruling Roe v. Wade before I really even had a chance to take my first breath, much less drink a cup of coffee. My mind went back to who I was in that high school bathroom looking at that positive pregnancy test. Now, of course, this goes on and on. Those evil Republicans down there that made getting an abortion so difficult for little high school senior Ms. Gomez here. But this is the paragraph that got me, and I went right past it on purpose and didn't comment during at the moment. There's one paragraph that stood out to me, and that is this. So when I found out that I was pregnant as a high school senior, I knew the decision to get an abortion was going to be a pivotal part of my identity moving forward. She, you see, she just found out. One day, she woke up, went to school after exploring the creeks and the grasses that surround her childhood home. She trudged over to high school. She just happened to have a pregnancy test in her pocketbook or her backpack or wherever, and she opened it up, took the thing, peed on the thing, and then the next thing you know, she found out. Lo and behold, she got pregnant by her lonesome. Why? She, this little girl, had done nothing to get pregnant. And there she was. She was just pregnant. She didn't make a decision to get pregnant. It just happened to her. When I found out I was pregnant, it just happened. She didn't have anything to do with it. It happened to her. And I don't guess there was a guy involved either. This must have been an immaculate conception. And then she writes later on that the first time she felt empowered and felt agency and power over her own life and body was when she got the abortion, not when she was doing the grown-up with some kid while she was still in high school. No, you see, so this is what we get. This is what we get from the left all the time. Girls like this, and I said girls on purpose. The girl's not even out of high school. She's already doing the grown-up. She's already opening up her legs and letting some boy or man, we don't know, invade the space, do the do. She does the grown-up. She doesn't think anything about that. Oh, that's just normal. I'm supposed to be here at age 16, 17, whatever, opening up my legs for whoever. But then, oh, what? I'm pregnant? She found out she was pregnant. It just happened to her. And now she had to go get an abortion because that's where she's going to feel agency and power over her own life. And for the rest of all time, we have to listen to this crapola about how Republicans are so evil because they put a few roadblocks in front of her getting an abortion, which she ended up getting. And she thinks that that... How shall I put this kindly? Because I do not want to be mean. She thinks that terminating the life of her offspring that she got from rocking and rolling in high school is an empowering situation. Nothing that she should reflect on and wonder how she got in that situation. No regard at all for the life that was taken. 
at all, not one iota. But it's empowering politically because she is going to stand up. She's going to stand up to those evil Republicans in Texas who actually value life a little bit more than she does. And this is what we're supposed to be waving around as the example. Miss Gomez here is the hero. She is, listen to this. Listen to this. This is the biography that they give in news, the little brief liner biography that they give at the end of the article. Stephanie Gomez is a Texas abortion storyteller with We Testify. She's made a career. She's an abortion. I I screwed some kid when I was a kid. I got pregnant, and now I'm going to make a living storytelling about my wonderful abortion. What the hell is wrong with these people? James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Oh, we are just getting started. So don't go away. Coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Seal brings us back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I just got a direct message from one of my favorite people in the world. I don't have permission to give her name. She is an incredible genius musician. And what she writes me is that that she knows it's it's funny to me, but but her relative, she has a relative in Missouri, and she says she would gladly go to protest in Missouri. My friend here is um, pro-choice, and that doesn't, you know, I, I love her dearly, and period, no exceptions. We're on a different side of the issue on this, but she says, okay, and this is in response to me saying, I don't understand why people in New York are protesting, okay, and I don't, but this is, but she, you know, has a point here. She says, okay, her her um, sister, her person is out in Missouri. And if that were her thing, she'd go out and, and protest for her. Missouri is one of the states, by the way, that as of today, done, can't get an abortion. It's over in Missouri. It's over in Texas today. Done. No more. Nada. No abortions. And this is a result of all of this. There's a story in BizPack Review about that that I found really amazing. And um, uh, so, you know, they're, look, they're gonna, I'm glad that I got this direct message because it gives me an opportunity to say something that I forgot to say at the beginning. If you, like my dear friend here, have a different point of view on all of this, if you are pro-life, cool, you know you're always welcome here, but if you're pro-choice, you're also welcome here. You can call here 
And if you disagree with this ruling to high heavens, you can call here and you can express your beliefs, your thoughts, and you will be treated with respect. You will be treated with kindness. I'm not out to beat anybody up over their views. We welcome all views here. We can have a discussion here about anything. That's part of what we do here, not only on the Boston Early Rush Hour every day, 4 o'clock, but also here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I want to hear from everybody. So if you think this ruling was absolutely horrible, you know, Bill Clinton made a remark last night that I, I, I responded to on Twitter. It was a headline. Bill Clinton says this ruling is going to be the end of, could be the end of our democracy or some such nonsense. And I just responded to that, no, Bill, sticking a cigar inside an intern and opening yourself up to being blackmailed could have been the end of our democracy. Not this ruling. You know, these self-righteous liberals, some of them, and the elected officials and the Hollywood, the big Hollywood celebrity crowd, and also the sports figures. LeBron James had something that was, how shall I say it kindly, less than an intellectual shining moment uh, to say about all of this. And world leaders are jumping in the act, too. This is uh, Scottish leader Nicola Sturgeon. She writes, one of the darkest days for women's rights in my lifetime. Really? Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called the news horrific, saying that no government, politician, or man should tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. Oh, really? Oh, really, Justin? Didn't you just get through telling Canada what they had to do with those damn vaccines? Really, Justin? Didn't you get through telling people they couldn't come into your country unless they had the needle, unless they did this, this, that? You tell people what to do with their bodies. Aren't you a politician? Aren't you a man? Well, I know that might be questionable. But aren't you a man and aren't you a politician, Justin Trudeau? No government, politician, or man should tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. He says, really? Tell that to the truckers up there. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, what a piece of work that guy is. And then there's Macaroni. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron, I express my solidarity with the women whose freedoms are today challenged by the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Shut up! We don't care what you want to say about us, Macaroni. Why don't you just go deal with all those, those insurgents that have taken over your streets that you don't do anything about. Why don't you deal with all your union workers that are always on strike? Why don't you deal with all the problems you have over there and shut up about us? This guy. You know, these people, now these are the people that actually make me a little bit sick. You know, when, when they have their own policies. And we don't comment on their policies. If you're in France and you, if, if you're, if you're with the surrender monkeys over in France, and by the way, I say the term affectionately, you're still speaking French because of us. 
show a little gratitude. Oh, boy. In Ireland, this is from their a former Irish diplomat, Jennifer Cassidy. In 2018, the people of Ireland spoke loud and clear, repealing one of the strictest abortion bans in the world, giving Irish women their rights. We look to America as an example of freedom. Well, guess what? Today you can look to America as a shining example of a country that once again, once again, honors its own constitution and honors God's gift of life. That's what you can do. And if you can't find any joy in that, too bad. And then we get a riot from Sierra Leone. Says she was devastated by the decision. It's an attack on women. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. What's going on over in Sierra? Isn't that where they kill people for diamonds? Blood diamonds and all that stuff? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're sitting here griping about what we do in America? Really? Now, some members of Europe's far right, the far right in Europe, have voiced their approval. Friedrich von Storch, a senior member of Germany's alternative. Oh, you got to love these people. Let's get the Germans here. She wrote, it'll radiate to the entire West. And you see, that's what they're afraid of. That's what they're afraid of. That what happened in America yesterday is going to actually start to convince people to take another look at this around the world. In Brazil, Deborah Dunez, a professor, law faculty at the University of Brasilia, wrote on Twitter that it was a day of great anguish for women, girls, and all people in the United States. Uh, No, it wasn't uh, a, a day of anguish for all people in the United States. Half the people, at least in the United States, agreed with this decision. It was a day of great anguish for the people that sell human body parts from babies. Because now they're wondering how their profits are going to be made. It's a day of great anguish for people who want to go out and have sex without worrying anything at all about the consequences, who use abortion like it's a form of birth control because they are irresponsible human beings. They might have a little anguish. But I guarantee you the babies that now manage to live through this are not going to be any, any anguish whatsoever. This woman, the professor of the law faculty at the University of Brasilia, continues, my solidarity, my solidarity. You know how they use this word, my solidarity, my solidarity. How about a little solidarity? How about a little solidarity with the babies of the world? Why doesn't anybody feel of you, of you leftists feel any solidarity for the babies? My solidarity with all women, girls and others living in places in the USA where abortion is now unsafe and criminalized. Where abortion is now unsafe? How'd that happen? These people on the left, I tell you. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to really think about this. I'm not trying to be flippant here, but I want you to really think about this for one moment. Every single one of these leftists that we've been hearing from around the world, 
every single one of them, along with all these leftists, like Ms. Gomez here, that wrote us how abortion is such an empowering act. All of these leftists in America, these liberals, that advocate for getting rid of human life. These people tell us over and over again that life does not begin at conception. That's what they tell us over and over again. Life does not begin at conception. Therefore, terminate it. These are the same people that will throw you in jail if you move a turtle egg from its nest. Because to them, a turtle egg is endangered. And that turtle egg represents life at conception. They care more about the egg of a turtle than they do of the life of a human being. Think about that. It is true. If you live in one of the beach communities and turtles come up on your shore, dig a nest, and plop some eggs in the nest... These liberals go all out. They want you to turn off your lights at certain times of year so that the turtles don't assume that they're heading to the ocean when they pop out of the eggs by, and, and they're really heading up to your house because you have the lights on. They throw you in jail if they catch you moving a turtle egg. The egg of a turtle. They would do the same thing if they caught you messing with a spotted owl. If they catch you messing with a bald eagle. They have no compunction about throwing your ass in jail. Because you messed with the egg of a turtle. You messed with the egg of a bald eagle. You messed with a sandpiper darter, flamingo, whatever. But when it comes to a human being, a baby human being, oh, what the hell? Just get rid of it. Doesn't matter. Be empowered. Go out and get rid of it. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. (laughs) We're going to get your calls pretty soon. And forgive me if I'm being a little bit worked up, but I mean, I read the remarks of some of these people, and I just shake my head. I do not understand how these people can't look in the mirror and see themselves and hear what it is that they're telling us. James Golden, Bo Snurley, and this is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. <laughs> You do. I want to stay in too. Yeah, we're getting things done right here, Dave. From his most popular album, David Bowie. This is from the Let's Dance album. You know, my man Omar Hakim plays drums on a lot of this um, on a lot of this album. Nile Rodgers 
from Chic. Yeah, Niall, who is just an amazing producer, also produced a lot of this this album. Now, Omar is going to be with us, I think it's a week from today, or what Omar is going to be playing in a huge concert, both here and overseas, and we're going to talk to him about it. It is a tribute to Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. And tickets are on sale now. I think one show sold out in 10 minutes in Los Angeles. So they added another date, and the other is overseas at Wembley. Anyway, most early Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Um, uh, Let's take a brief uh, detour, shall we, for a moment. For a moment, for a moment, because we've got some dreadful news coming out of, and it is dreadful news, coming out of Norway. Uh, At least two people were killed, more than a dozen injured, after a shooting Saturday at an LGBTQ nightclub in the Norwegian capital of Oslo. This sounds like what happened in Florida at the Pulse nightclub. The suspect opened fire at the London pub, which bills itself as a gay headquarters since 1979, and as well as a second bar and a fast food restaurant. People believe the gunman was acting alone. The shooting occurred at the on the eve of Oslo's Pride Parade. The events in the city have been canceled now on police advice. A spokesman for Oslo University Hospital told the Washington Post that the facility received seven patients with one other person sent to a hospital outside of the Norwegian capital. Now, we kept looking to see if there was any information about the person that went with a gun, with a gun, mind you, and did a mass shooting, a mass shooting in Norway. You'll remember, or maybe you won't, that in July 2011, a Norwegian man killed 77 people, set off a bomb outside the prime minister's office in Oslo, and then opened fire with guns at a youth summer camp. After that, they banned semi-automatic weapons in Norway, but somehow or another, Somehow or another, there was a shooting in Norway. I asked my chief engineer if he had a moment he could look up and what did you find, Scott? About did we find any what who this person was? Yeah, or what what who this person was? Yes, according to the Russian state media RT. Uh, prosecutor Christian Hatio said the 42-year-old suspect has been charged with murder, attempted murder, and terrorism. The man was described as a Norwegian national born in Iran who was known to police before the attack. Hmm. But but that's fake news. That That's from Russia. Okay, but born a Norwegian national born in Iran. Correct. It's funny how that didn't make it into the Washington Post. No, that, that, the that they got up to the point where that one phrase was, and they just took the took the section out of it. 
Okay, thank you. So again, again, ladies and gentlemen, a mass shooting in Norway. Now, before we get to the phones on this, let us also, since we have taken a detour, continue the detour, and just advise you that roughly 60,000 Army, Reserve, and National Guard soldiers remain unvaccinated. And this comes a week, a week before the deadline, according to Army data. This is a significant amount of people in our armed service. Nearly 12% of Army Guard, 10% of the Army Reserve have not received the vaccination. There are no protests from the government trying to tell these people what to do with their bodies. By the way, nobody's out in the street. Justin Trudeau is not out making any comments about the politicians that are telling these people what to do with their bodies. Neither are any of these other loudmouths, and no one's talking about how empowering it is to ignore and not get vaxxed. Just saying. There is a lengthy story. Washington Post returning back to the big story of the day. The Supreme Court reverses reversal leaves states free to outlaw abortion. Many have. This should come as no surprise from Fox News. Roberts, John Roberts, wanted the Supreme Court to stop short of overturning Roe v. Wade. Well, didn't get his wish. Let's start with the telephones. The telephones are burning it up. Oh, by the way, Antifa. Yeah, they were out in force last night. They were chanting, burn it down at the Supreme Burn down the Supreme Court. But the, don't worry, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, the Democrat Party, they don't care what Antifa does. They don't care that Antifa has been involved in more violence in this country than any other domestic group because they can't call Antifa a bunch of white supremacists and they don't care that Antifa is basically a strong arm for liberal Democrats. Just like Democrats used to do the, use the Ku Klux Klan as their enforcers, now the Democrat Party uses Antifa as their enforcers. So when Antifa goes and shouts to burn this, burn that down, when they throw flaming Molotov cocktails at buildings, when they commit arson, when they create mayhem and riots, the left doesn't care. They don't send the FBI or the DOJ out to track these people down. It's just Antifa. Let's start in New Jersey. Kevin, thank you for calling. Thank you for holding. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Uh, if you don't succeed, try what are the tours after that. What was that? You remember? If I'm you sorry. don't succeed, try what are the tours after that. Okay, I'm having a really hard time understanding you for some reason. It might be the phone line. Put him on hold. I want to. I want to. Uh, I'm going to try to come back to you in a little bit. Let us see, Jimmy from Brooklyn. Welcome, WABC. You're on with James Golden, aka Bo Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 
Good morning, everybody. Isn't it interesting? The most, and I don't get into the abortion issue one way or the other, but the most radical, fanatical supporters of abortion tend to be the most radical and opponents of the death penalty for cop killers and terrorists. So they have a problem with innocent life, but they have a problem with people who kill people to be punished. So instead of calling for the death penalty for criminals, for, for cop killers, we should talk about aborting cop killers, aborting mm. terrorist murders. Mm. Use their words because they're willing mm. I mean, the baby's innocent. I'm not going to use their words. I think it's a horrible thing to say, even say to put out it in the universe. I wouldn't even put that in the universe, Jimmy. I, I'm not going along with that. I don't agree with using evil to defeat evil. That is an evil thought. And what we need to do is stop. We don't need to play with them on their playground. Now, when it comes to fighting political battles, I'm down with it. I'm down with fighting political battles with the left. What I am not down with is sullying our side in order to make a point to their side. Let them keep their evil language. We should never stoop to it. I appreciate you, though. Appreciate it. Jack, Hartford, Connecticut. You're on Bo Snurley, a.k.a. James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Good morning, James. A couple of points. The, the, the Democratic Party and the people that are out there on the streets protesting, they're not the ones having abortion. They're pushing abortion onto poor people. And here are a couple of examples. Number one, abortions are opening up in poor neighborhoods. And if you listen to some of the commentators the last 24 hours, what have they been saying? Well, we need abortionists. How are single women going to take care of their, uh, uh, their, their child? You had a woman last night on the, five on, uh, on the Fox News channel say, are you going to pay for day- uh, daycare? So you have these elite liberals telling poor people, you can't afford to have your child, so go have it aborted. But yet we could send $52 billion to Ukraine, but we can't take care of, of, of these single mothers that are having children. And the Republican Party needs to expose these Democrats. They're pushing abortion onto poor people. And how many uh, people have been aborted that could have been the next Steve Jobs or the next LeBron James that were aborted because of these uh, these liberals pushing abortion onto poor people? Well, here's what I have to say about that. Number one, you have nailed and swerved into an amazing point because let us go back to the beginning of this. Let us go back to the beginning of the popularity of the group Planned Parenthood, supposedly. And what a deceptive name, Planned Parenthood. No, Planned Murder is what they actually do. Margaret Sanger was was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Let us make no mistake about who Margaret Sanger was. She was a committed eugenicist. Eugenicism was what fueled Nazism. She was there before the Nazis with the idea that inferior people should be terminated. They should be wholesale terminated from the face of the earth, not allowed to live. She, Margaret Sanger, had a particular bug about black people. She definitely thought they were inferior and that they should be wiped out. Black people in America, in other words, Margaret Sanger was one of the original white supremacists. The liberal Margaret Sanger was one of America's 
founding white supremacist. And she wanted to wipe out black people. Where are Planned Parenthood centers right now? Most of them, as Jack just pointed out, are in quote-unquote poor neighborhoods. And so what is it that liberals are telling America with this? That if you are poor, your child doesn't deserve to live. If you are black, your children don't deserve to live. This has been a wholesale genocide. We are talking anywhere between 50 and 70 million human beings that have been wiped out in these abortion mills. And the ideology behind these abortion mills is nothing less than pure, horrific evil. James Golden, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back, more of your calls, more news after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Sophie B. Hawkins. That brings us back here on our Saturday morning. Radio extravaganza. I was your lover. Let us head back to the telephones here on WABC. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-922. And Michael in Staten Island, thank you for waiting. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Hi, Michael. Hey, Bo, how are you? I really enjoy listening to you. I think that you're so grounded in common sense that everything you say I'm 100% on board with. I do agree with the decision that was made by the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wave. I don't think the Supreme Court should have made the decision in the beginning with back in 1973. But the reason why I'm calling, Bo, is I think you need to get the message out there to the people that the fact that Roe v. Wade overturned the decision, it's still a state decision. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think now that abortion is not, not permitted anymore. They don't realize it's based on each individual state's and what they decide. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. So that's all I want to say. I think you're doing a great job. I am a pro-lifer. I don't believe in it. And I think people need to be more responsible, and they should get rid of, rid of uh, Planned Parenthood, which is what I agree with on what you said. It's not Planned Parenthood. It's Planned Murder. And I think that everybody needs to realize that. If you use the word abortion, but they're murdering a human life. So Th- Thank you so much. Michael, thank you for your call. Appreciate it very, very much. Um, yeah, you know, and he is right, and we have talked about that, that this, look, this decision returns America to a constitutionally correct position. Our Constitution, like it or not, <clears throat> says that any rights that are not enumerated 
in the Constitution itself belong to the states to decide. And under and by the way, Clarence Thomas, boy, he has set them on fire because Clarence Thomas is saying, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh, we return to the Constitution on this one. We're not done yet. And even members of the court, other justices in the opinion that came down, Alito wrote the opinion, and they are trying to smooth it over. They're saying, oh, 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 this doesn't apply to other stuff. No, 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 no. But Clarence Thomas is saying, yep, this applies to other stuff. We need to reexamine some of these other decisions that these liberal court, the liberals on the Supreme Court have made that violate our own Constitution. Clarence Thomas is not having it. And this is beautiful to watch the reaction that the liberals are having to Justice Thomas. And is this not karma? Is this not karma that Joe Biden, who presided over the high-tech lynching of Clarence Thomas, who tried to smear this man's name, these Democrats who began their underhanded sexual charges with Clarence Thomas, and they continue this day to Burt Kavanaugh and to others, isn't this ironic? that here we are all these years later, and many of them have come to recognize that not only is Justice Thomas now the elder Supreme Court justice on the court, but he has been one of the most persuasive and powerful members of the Supreme Court. He had old racist Harry Reid basically try to say that Justice Thomas was illiterate, the late Harry Reid, who is a partisan snake, God bless him and hope his afterlife is going well. But you know what? Harry Reid was still a mean-spirited partisan, and he, he was the one that said Obama knows how to speak that Negro dialect. But nobody ever accused, though, Harry Reid, Democrat Senate later, being the, 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 the blatant racist that he was. And he tried his racism act on Justice Thomas. And guess what? Justice Thomas is still there. They have, uh, in the Daily Mail yesterday, I almost, it, I laughed so hard. I, I mentioned this with Princess Di, who, by the way, will be with us later on in the show, that I about fell out when I saw this picture. They have, they just isolated Justice Thomas from one of the Supreme Court pictures, and he just has this look of grim on his face, like, Yep, I mean business. Yo, I'm in the house. And under it it was under Justice Thomas's picture. We're not done yet. And there are story after story today about how liberals are right to fear what potentially could come if Justice Thomas gets his way. Which they fear going back to the Constitution to have a constitution that is actually respected and honored by the Supreme Court. What a novel concept. What a novel concept. Let's go to Tom in New on the Jersey Shore. Tom, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on both Sturley's Morning Extravaganza. How are you? 
I, I hope you take this as a compliment, Bo, but uh, you are the Melvin Franklin voice of WABC Radio. Why wouldn't I, I take that as a compliment? I love it. I was just listening uh, to something Melvin was singing last night. I, I was playing for my niece. I played some old temptation stuff that she had never seen, a video. I love it. You, you know, 50 years ago, they had a, uh, a song, Ball of Confusion. 50 years ago. That's what the world is today, and that's what the world is today. I can't figure it out. But uh, let me move out. on. People moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Oh, you got me. The great temptations. You know, people don't really understand this Hold on, decision. Tom. Tom. Hold on a second. Kendricks out in front That's of that. That's right. Ball. All right. Now, Tom, um, I know we took your time. Go ahead, man. What did you call about? You know what? I, you know, the, the, the people misunderstand this decision. It's not a ban on abortion. It's returning it to the states. It's a misunderstood decision. And what struck me, I, I didn't know that um, um, there were so many Catholic judges on the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. And actually, actually, what they did was they went again they went against their religious teaching and gave priority to their civic responsibility. And who did that? Pardon me? Who who went against their their, their who went against their religious teaching? Well, well I, I don't know if so no, no. What I'm saying is the majority of justices they're Catholics. Yes, I know. And uh, you know it, it, it took me back to um I have a couple of years on you, but I remember John F. Kennedy going in front of a group of preachers in Texas and saying, look, um, I, you know, I'm a Catholic. If you're going to vote against me because I'm a Catholic, uh, don't do that. If you're going to vote against me before, because I'm a Catholic, don't do that either. I, I think what worked here is that years ago when Roe was decided, um, the science has changed on both ends. Now, Birth control is basically freely available. Day after pills, birth control. I got two daughters, James. I'm a Catholic. Um, I am not a. Um, I'm a pro-life guy, but I understand the other side. I understand. Yeah, me this too. A lot of, you know, Tom, I, listen. I, I, I'm I sorry to that. cut you short, but we're coming up at the top of the hour, and I understand your point. I'm going to pick up on that next out next when we get back. Because you are you are so right about that. Things have changed. And that's one of the things that we need to be cognizant about. When Roe was created, by the way, there weren't any sonograms. You couldn't see what was going on inside the womb. Couldn't see that little baby there moving around. You couldn't see that heart beating. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. Hour one, done. Hour two, coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number duo. Here we are on Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do, dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We have so much more to go. I'm looking at, uh, there, there was uh, a rundown of, as I went back through the timeline since last night on one of the uh, the news sites, and sometime last night, the DNC weighed in on Roe versus Wade. Uh, the DNC chair, Jamie Harrison, and the DSCC chair, that would be the Democrat Senate Committee, and the DCCC, that would be the Democrat Congressional Committee, they all weighed in, and they issued a joint statement. So this would be the whole Democrat Party apparatus in D.C. issued a joint statement, not just D.C., because the Democrat Mayor's Association also joined in here. So this is like your big Democrat statement. They said Democrats... Believe women in America have a right to make their own health care decisions and their politicians should never get in the way of these private decisions. Today, the Supreme Court ruling is a culmination of a coordinated Republican effort to attack this fundamental freedom, but Democrats will fight back with every tool we can, and voters of every political persuasion will hold the GOP accountable in 2022. Make no mistake, they said the Republican Party will not stop at overturning raid. Row. Okay. Shall we parse the first sentence? Yes, we shall. Democrats believe women in America have the right to make their own health care decisions. Murder is not health care. Murder is not health care. Murder is murder. Red rum. Red rum. Murder is murder. Okay, murder is not health care. And a health care decision also means that women have the right, unless they are the victims of rape, incest, or some horrific event in their life where they are forced to have sex against their will or they are coerced into having sex and they should not be And by the way, I still have a lot of anxiety about those cases. There are some instances in some states that don't make an exception for having an abortion when the baby is the product of a rape. And I understand what I just said, and I understand that that's a very difficult decision. But that is a decision that I, despite I am so pro-life, but let me tell you something. I think if you have ever met or known or talked to a rape victim, I think that you, anybody that has known a rape victim and has, especially a rape victim that has been unable to quote-unquote get past it, I think you should have some anxiety about discussing what the victim of a rape should do. I personally would love to see these rapists, especially these serial rapists, instead of being let out of jail like 
like the Democrats do in these progressive cities, I think these serial rapists should face a life sentence with no parole. But let us go back. Democrats believe women in America have the right to make their own health care decisions, aside from the fact that murder is not health care. Women every day make a decision, and we're talking about consensual sex here. I made this point yesterday. I'm going to make it again today. The Democrat Party wants you to believe and acts like women have no responsibility for their own bodies until they get pregnant. A A woman who is engaged in sex, consensual sex with a man, makes a decision to open her legs for the man. And the man makes a decision, too. And he should not, <clears throat> excuse me, be left out of the equation either. Women do not get pregnant by themselves. There is a man involved in this process. There is also, in the case of consensual sexual relations, a woman who has made a decision to engage in this act with the knowledge that she could become pregnant. We have all sorts of protection on the market today. We have birth control pills. We have IUDs. We have diaphragms. There are the day-after pills. There are, which, by the way, some are abortion pills. Let's just call it what it is. But there is no need these days for a woman a responsible woman involved in a consensual relationship to show up pregnant and act like it's a big surprise. This happens when two people get together and do the grown-up, okay? When you get together and do the grown-up, man and a woman, on occasion it happens that you end up pregnant if you are the woman, Men don't get pregnant, by the way. I know it's popular for guys to say right now, if you're, if you're, you know, you and your honey are together, your wife, your maybe not wife, you get together, you say, oh, I'm pre-, the guy's off. Yes, we are pregnant. No, we're not pregnant. She's pregnant. You put, you help the situation along, but you're not pregnant. She is pregnant. And that, by the way, is why parents, for as long as humanity has been around, have tried to speak to their daughters about the special responsibility that they have as women. Because a guy, yes, he will try to stick you. Oh, he's being crude. I'm just, let's just talk about this in everyday terms. A guy will do what he does. It is the woman that will bear the consequence. If that guy does what guys do and then decides, "Uh uh-oh, thanks for that ride. I'm on my way. I got to go hook somebody else up. Bye-bye, baby. Okay, the woman's left holding the bag, which is why parents... You remember this back in the old days? They used to talk to their daughters. They used to say, now, honey, 
We know you're going to get some urges when you get to be about, oh, I don't know, whatever age it is. These days, you know, you would think, by the way, that that Democrats are trying to groom children that this happens at three years old, but it doesn't. But anyway, that was a quick aside. And isn't it funny? The people that are trying to groom children for sex also are the people that don't want people to take responsibility for sex. Interesting that, isn't it? But anyway, this is why parents for years and years would say, you know, my daughter, we're going to keep you close. We're going to keep you under wraps. We're going to make sure that you're not out giving it up at an early age because it is you that will bear the responsibility, especially if the guy decides he's going to split town or leave you in the dust. This has been known for generations and millennia. This has been known, and it's also been known how men behave. Let me address that as well. My mom, bless her soul, taught my brother and me, or did her? she did her best. <clears throat> I'm not saying I listened. I'm saying she did her best. And I must have listened because I still remember it. My mother started teaching us early on, you have a sister. You don't go out here into the world and treat other women ways that you would not like to see your sister treated. You don't treat women this way. Now, boys being boys, we get, let's just face facts. Talked about this yesterday, too. Boys get conditioning from other boys. Boys can get conditioning from society. Boys get conditioned in ways by the media. I mean, look at, look, look, no matter how the Bond movies have changed, for instance, Bond still gets the ladies, right? Because he's suave. He's Bond. Entertainers, it's almost expected that entertainers are going to be players. It's almost expected that a certain type of man, why he's Mr. Suave, he's Mr. Cool, and he has girls hanging off him at every turn, right? This is what men are conditioned with, that if they're going to be successful, why, of course, they have women drooling all over them. How many times do you hear where men are being taught, especially in movies, hey, don't do that. You need to restrain your sexual uh, urges. And until we change society, right, this is what, this is what the value used to be in church, synagogue, and other places that actually linked sexuality to spirituality, where they made a link that says, no, your life isn't about servicing your own instincts or your own hormonal urges. There's a consequence And the consequence goes beyond the physical consequence. There's actually a consequence to your spirit. There's a consequence to how you conduct yourself that determines your character. These are the things that society used to try to teach men to help them curb their wandering instincts. 
Right now, that's out the window. You don't see anybody telling men to not do what they to not do this. You don't see anybody telling men that they should be celibate until they are ready to get married or to, until they're ready to make a, a commitment to somebody. Why, you get laughed at for that. But if we are ever going to get to a place where the need for an abortion doesn't even come up in most cases, it will have to be because men and women have begun to take responsibility for their own sexual lives. And what is wrong with that, for heaven's sakes? What's wrong with telling a boy, a young man, listen, before you go off and start trying to plow the fields, you better have an understanding of what the consequence is, and you shouldn't do it until you are ready to deal with the consequences. What is wrong with telling a girl, keep them closed? Keep them closed until you're ready to find that perfect one that you think is perfect for you. But we don't get that message from society. What we get is, no, go out there and screw all you want to, screw anybody you want to, and don't worry about the consequences, because if you do screw around and you happen to end up with the pregnancy, don't worry. Just go to Planned Parenthood. They'll take care of it for you, and then you can get right back out there and screw some more. This road decision is deeper than what happens to the body. It deals with what is happening to the spirit of America. We had an America where the value of life was understood by the majority of the people in America, and they defended the sanctity of life. And our Constitution, by design or coincidence, did not interfere with that moral code that the country understood. Roe set us in another direction where an evil was accepted as commonplace. And the Supreme Court has just corrected that horrible injustice. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurder, this is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are coming back. More of your calls, more news after this. Here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Chic on WABC Talk Radio 77 New York with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. It's our Saturday morning uh, radio extravaganza. Pleased to have with us, we just called him out of the blue, Derek Hunter. Uh, Derek was, um, I think I mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago, the very last new guest host that sat in for Rush Limbaugh. 
And Derek is also, aside from being a radio host, he is a columnist, an author. He's an extremely brilliant guy, which is surprising. (laughs) What's going on, Derek? Uh, you know, I was getting the warm and fuzzies, and then you take the big cold dead fish of reality and smack me across the face with it. Did yeah. I hear you earlier say that you're friends with Nile Rogers as well as uh, your drummer friend who was yeah, you were talking talk, about I used, talk, I used to talk with Nile. I wouldn't say we're friends, but I used to talk with Nile every now and again. A lot of respect for him. And um, you, know, you know, did and you ever go to Studio 54, James? Yes, I went to Studio 54. Derek. Care to talk about those good old days, James? Any adventures you want to share with the group? I thought I thought Studio Fifty Four was boring. Actually, really? After all you were living a more exciting there, life than watching Liza make out with Michael Jackson. I didn't see that, and I didn't see Frankie <laughs> Crocker come in with the white horse. I didn't see it. the day I went there. Uh, the two times I was there was like some record company function, and everybody was so impressed to be in Studio Fifty Four. And I'm like, is this it? You know, but it was no big deal to me. Yeah. You know, you weren't invited, like, uh, half the music industry wasn't buried in a pile of cocaine in the corner while you were there. So, Actually, maybe if you were there for a record industry thing. But no, I, I'm not I talking about that. that part of it. I've never done <laughs> cocaine in my life. I've, never, not, I've never touched the stuff. Because you know what? I, I, was, but... I was smart enough to figure out that if I liked cocaine, my life would be over. So I decided, uh-uh, don't even go near that stuff. That's my belief in gambling. Like, I know that I would, uh, if I lost money, I'd keep going because I knew I could win it back. And if I won money, I know I'd keep going because I know I'll win more. And that is just poison. So I just avoid the casinos like crazy. But thanks for having me. I uh, was enjoying listening to the show and shooting you a text. Your analogy about the uh, the left and how they will throw you in jail over a t- moving a turtle egg but uh, a human being is uh, not a human being until they go off to college and you can kill it at will was absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you. Were you surprised, Derek, by the, I mean, we look, first of all, I want to thank the leaker because the leaker, whatever the intent was, it backfired. What the leaker did was actually give society a chance to prepare for what came down yesterday. Now, yeah, there's some people out here protesting, wah, 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 wah. But I don't expect that these protests are going to go on through November. I think, you know, a few weeks of this protest, wah, 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 and that'll be that. What do you think? Well, the leaker did do a survey. They'll, they'll protest anything. It doesn't really matter. They were going to be out there. They just have to make sure that they pick the right sign from their story to know what the particular outrage of the moment is and be ready to change it should circumstances differ. But the leaker, you're right. We do owe a debt of gratitude to the leaker. I think they were trying to uh, maybe sow some doubt, maybe spur some legislative action or something like that. But what they did ultimately was, I think, solidify the vote. Even if there was – because it seems like Justice Roberts was desperate to try and go – and uh, get about a half measure. Oh, what Mississippi can do what Mississippi did, but Roe stands. He wanted to split the baby. And I think knowing his history, he was going to work very hard right up until the moment that the decision was released to try and change one vote to make that happen. But the leaker said, this is the vote. And so the uh, if, if, I don't think 
necessarily true, but if there was a justice that voted in the majority who was inclined to go with Roberts, they almost couldn't because that would then be a victory for the leaker. And it would show that the court is open to the whims of public pressure, which it should never be. The left, it's amazing to me, you get the uh, Anna Navarros of the world saying, no, uh, they're they're really tone deaf. Well, you want a Supreme Court to be tone deaf. You got Anna, I don't know, Anna Navarro, I know you uh, know everybody in the conservative world, but she's a really horrible human being who yesterday on CNN talked about how she has a special needs brother who's a burden on the family. And is a step grandmother to two children with one with autism, one uh, something else I forget, who is also a burden on the family. Now she's making this case in the context of abortion. And can you imagine your even it's the step grandmother sitting there on national television or as close as CNN comes to national television and saying everybody's life would be a lot better had you not been born. It, it, the uh, wow. Wow. The stupid is out in full force. I swear, it was the it was the most disgusting video I've seen in a sea of disgusting videos. Wow. Well, you know, and what do you th- the protest? I mean, there was one, and I don't look. I don't like violence. I do not want violence. I don't think any of us do. There was a story in I think it was the Daily Mail about a trucker, a truck that plowed through a bunch of pro-choice protesters in Iowa. Now, Iowa. Okay, not particularly a Democrat stronghold. So you have these liberals that go out in the street, and they showed a picture of these two girls, women, standing in front of this huge monster truck, like they're at Tiananmen Square or something, and the truck just kept going. And then they're saying, and the girl, he ran over one of the girls' feet. She was howling in pain and everything else. I'm like, wait a minute. Why in the world would you decide that you're gonna that you're gonna stop traffic, knowing? that the what kind of age we are living in in America, that you're going to get to stand in front of somebody's truck and trust that they are going to respect you trying to stop them from going where they are intent on going. Or people just react and think, well, maybe they're just going to be swarmed and, and beat up by you leftists. I don't, I don't understand why people put themselves in these situations. Because they're stupid. Uh, let's, let's just be honest about it. They make Forrest Gump look like a, a Harvard professor. It is one of those things where you, these people seem to think that they'll win in a battle against a car. My favorite is when they go onto the freeway around a blind curve at night without much street lights, and then they're shocked and, oh, my goodness, somebody hit them. Yeah, people are going like 80 miles an hour trying to get home. Or you don't know what anybody in a car is doing at any time of day. They could be going to the hospital. They could just be going out for a joyride. Uh, The joyride guy will stop probably until you start bouncing on his hood, and then it'd be absolutely justified putting the pedal down and uh, letting the uh, chips fall where they may. But if somebody is rushing to help a family member in need or something, uh, you're going to lose that battle every single time. It's best not to fight a car. But we've now – plus, James, what I don't understand, what do they think this accomplishes? If you're just trying to get home after a day on the radio and there's some group of jackasses playing Red Rover on I-95 stopping you from getting home, are you going to go, well, all right, tell me what your position is. I'll hear you out and then go, you know what? You've made some good points. I'm on board. 
No, you're going. It doesn't matter what they. You could agree with them, and you're going to be disgusted by them and be angry at them to begin with. And if they start pounding on your car, even if you're on the same team, you're going to maybe be afraid and justifiably so hit the gas. I remember in Washington D.C. during one of the BLM Antifa riots in the, the summer of love. <laughs> where there are these, these these guys in their apartment, I think is an Adams Morgan, and the crowd is marching by, the mob is marching by, and they're going, yeah, 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 out their window. And then you see a guy turn, and he chucks a rock up to their apartment window and smashes it. <laughs> and they, they're going, what are you doing? We're on your side. Like, it doesn't matter. A tornado doesn't pick the houses of the people that were mean to it in high school. It just destroys. And that's what these people are. Wow. Well, a final thought, Derek, Clarence Thomas, I say this is the ultimate karma, that this would happen with Joe Biden as president, who, uh, who of course, led the high-tech lynching of Clarence Thomas. And, you know, Biden is now out, you know, sputtering his angry response. This is, by the way, I, we didn't even have a chance to talk about this after the cue card was exposed, telling him, now you sit down in your seat, Joe. Joe, after you talk to him, you do this. I mean, they're treating this guy like he's in kindergarten. Well, he, he might be mentally. So I, my favorite part was that you and your were all in capital in full cap. So it was just like, make sure this is what you have to do. And then it tells him to leave the ask one question. Sit there quietly, leave the event. On the other side, it probably said, if somebody says Mr. President, they're referring to you. You know, that is another thing. <laughs> I can only imagine, Ron, can you imagine how clenched the rear ends of White House staffers have to be every time this guy is in front of a camera? Just like, we could really fund the national debt by inserting coal up there because they will make a diamond at the end of every five-minute speech. They are so clenched and horrified that this guy will go <laughs> with his shark-like stare at the soulless eyes at the, the teleprompter. And the second he moves away from the teleprompter, like, oh, God, here he goes. He's going off on a tangent. Oh, God, please, no, no. It, it, it's all – we could really study the effects of high blood pressure on just White House staffers <laughs> of any age because the second Joe looks away, they're going to – if maybe if they're not stroking out, then maybe high blood pressure isn't as bad as they say it is. It's just – you almost feel bad for them until you realize they're horrible people trying to destroy the country, and then you laugh. <laughs> oh, Derek, we're out of time. We're out of time. Thank you, Derek Hunter. Oh, Thank Derek. You, James. Where can people find your good stuff, your columns and all the rest of that? Uh, you can uh, find me at Town Hall four days a week. It'll be there tomorrow. Something will be there tomorrow. And uh, at Derek A. Hunter. D-E-R-E-K-A Hunter uh, on Twitter. And if you just search my name, it comes up. And you can find the Derek Hunter podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you, Derek Hunter. James Golden Snurley on Saturday morning. Radio Extravaganza coming back. More of your calls coming up after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Five zero in the house. WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. The police bring us back. Voices. 
inside my head. And I wonder what those voices are saying. If you're waking up on the left this morning and realize it's true. Yes, it's true. The Supreme Court has had a week to remember this week. They threw out a 100-year-old law in New York that stopped law-abiding citizens from having concealed weapons. And, of course, the New York politicians, the elected liberals, are furious. There was another ruling this week that's just great. That parents can use taxpayer funds to help send their kids to religious schools. The left is having a... They're so mad about that when they can't see straight. And then came Roe. So this has been a heck of a week. you got to admit it. Let's go back to the telephones. Nancy in the Bronx, New York. Nancy, welcome. How are you? Oh, very good, thank you. Um, you know, this, uh, I've had about 30 years to uh, ponder what did uh, Clinton mean when he said that he wanted uh, abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Because they had 30 years to kind of work on the rare part, and it didn't happen. So, also, uh, the drive-by media, I blame them because they had stereotyped people who take the pro-life position. There is plenty of people who are um, atheists, professors, and former abortionists. So, you know, they can uh, put a feather in their cap. And uh, they can take a little bit of the blame because not all pro-lifers are Trumpers or churchgoers. There's many more people out there. It's a silent majority, and it's a very strong, strong majority. And the last thing I want to say is that the most liberal idea, the most liberal idea is that there is room for everybody on this earth. Mm. Nancy, so appreciate your call and your words. By the way, I know you're a Rush uh, fan because you used the drive-by media. That was a, a <clears throat> terminology coined by Rush Limbaugh. And all on Twitter, by the way, I'm at Bo Snerly at Twitter, Bo Snerly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, at Twitter. Um, yesterday and today, people are just having such kind words about Rush and the work that he did for 33 years to help educate, motivate and pull together the conservative base of this country, without which yesterday would not have been possible. So thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Appreciate you. Dittos, everything you said. Bob, New Jersey. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza with Snurdy. What's up? Hey, James. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um. This whole abortion debate, I wanted to kind of weigh in on that. And also, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Justice Thomas and how he said he's not done. And uh, I think with all the things that have been going on through his whole career and how he's kind of been dragged through the mud by the left, I think he's really a class act and should be the, the chief justice. Um, mm-hmm. But on top of that, so the, uh, the the article you read at the beginning of the of the show about the uh, the girl that felt that abortion was an empowering thing, I mean, I would, I would argue that it would be more empowering for 
for a woman to take responsibility of her body and not be irresponsible um, and then have an unwanted pregnancy or, or a pregnancy in high school. Um, but it, it seems like nobody ever talks about, because it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction, that they're just going to jump to abortion because the left in this country is between the rhetoric that they pushed and the indoctrination they've created a generation of, of uh, people that are mindless lemmings who just, um, in the grand scheme of things, really just think that it's empowering to abort a child. And they need to save spaces and participation trophies and all that stuff, and they really can't deal with life and reality. So, um, but nobody ever talks about the fact that there are other options like, uh, like um, uh, adoption if you don't want the pregnancy. But also, I'm very pro-life because I look at I look at the um, the debate from not not from a religious perspective, but being a father of three three young kids who also lost a child to a miscarriage, and you can't tell me that that's not a life because if it wasn't a life, then it wouldn't have died. You know, so um, on top of that, too, it's like, you know, the, the, the question comes up about when does life really begin? And it, it, it's, it, have, would have to, it would have to begin at conception because that's when the egg is going to start developing into, into a, a child. So just because the heartbeat can't be identified or, or picked up on ultrasound until six weeks doesn't mean it, it's not there and not present. It's just when the ultrasound can actually detect it. So I believe that it would have to start a conception and that, like I said, you'll, nobody will ever convince me that it's not a life just because and of the experience. Bob, that I me either. I mean, look, this goes to common sense. If it doesn't start at the beginning, where does it start? Period. That is why the left will protect a turtle egg because they realize that life begins with that egg. They realize it. All the rest is just smoke screen. Bob, you're brilliant. I appreciate the call. I understand. Hey, Diego, is this right? We have the White House feed up, Diego. And what, what Joe Biden is talking? Let, let's listen to it. Go ahead, pull it up. Let's see what's going on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're waiting on Joe Biden to find his way to talk to say something. Maybe they're giving him a new cue card. Yeah. Oh, he's. He's signing the gun bill, and then he's going to talk. Whoa, ho, ho. He's signing, yeah, what do you think about this? He's signing this new gun bill that 14 Republicans signed on. Talk about a lot of this. Do you think the Supreme Court is broken, in your view? I think the Supreme Court has made some terrible decisions. Thank you. Will you reconsider your opinion on expanding the court, sir? What about term limits for justices? He's walking away. Oh, this is one of those where they gave him the card that said, Joe, you take one question and then leave. So he thinks the Supreme Court made some terrible decisions. Yeah. Mm. That's nice, Joe. What else do you think? We'd love to know. Sure. Uh, Let us go back to the telephones. Deb in Long Island, you've been waiting. Deb, thank you for your patience. Glad to have you here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Deb? I'm doing great, and thank you for such a great show. Um, You know what I want to talk about is the Democrats have talking points, and we don't have one. And I believe that the word overturn is very negative. And I think we need a better talking point rather than saying Roe was overturned. I think we should be saying Return to the states. The power was returned to the states. And we need positive talking points. And all of our media and true believers need to be using that positive talking point. 
Interesting. And I, the way I put it back, the Constitution has been restored. That's what happened. The Supreme Court justices returned America to our Constitution. After 50 years of walking on the wild side of evil, the Supreme Court of the United States returned America to its Constitution. And one of the things that we did in so doing was save countless lives, which is, Deb, you make a great point. And, yes, that's what the liberals are doing. They're doing everything they can to dump on the court, to dump on Clarence Thomas. And I'm just having a hoot with this Clarence Thomas thing. Because for years and years, the left did nothing but trash Justice Thomas. And now Justice Thomas is staring them right in the face. And Justice Thomas says to all of them, we have a constitution. And for a change, we're honoring it. How do you like that? And they don't like it, not one bit. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Thanks so much, Deb. We're coming back. Your call is coming up. Remember, Cudlow, Larry Cudlow, genius economist on after this program. Keep it here on WABC all day, all night. If you're traveling this summer, if you're going to actually get on the plane and go overseas, keep us with you. We stream worldwide. All you have to do is go to WABCradio.com, pick up our WABC app, keep it with you all the time, 24-7. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Elton John brings us back. When I think of those eastern lights, muggy nights, curtains drawn in the little room downstairs. Bring the down the lot, you really should have been there. Sitting like a princess perched in her electric chair. And this one more beer, and I don't. I so, so, so love this song. I used to listen to this song when it was new. I used to just put this song on and just listen to it over and over and over again. Elton John. Let us return to the phone. Susan, thank you for waiting. Susan in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome. You're on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza with Bo Snurdy. How are you, Susan? Oh, uh, well, so many mixed emotions with so much good and evil clashing, you know, 24-7. Um, so yesterday was, um, you know, just kind of, even though we 
thought this was going to happen. It still just like struck me um, to finally really see it and hear it. But then, of course, well, I had to listen to the podcast from your show yesterday. And when Michelle Bachman came on with you, oh, I listened to it like three times. I, um, to have the two of you speaking is just like fills the universe with love and goodness and intelligence and all the things that, you know, we crave. Um, but the, one of the things that Michelle brought up that um, is a, maybe a little bit overlooked because especially when you see like people using abortion as birth control and I even know married women who, who've had, more than one abortion and they were college educated and, you know, they already had kids. And I just like, it's just shocking, but I do believe that there's probably, you know, tens of thousands, maybe millions of young women or women that were put in, you know, they were between a rock and a hard place in their life. And, you know, without any support or, um, you know that that they they had had an abortion. Maybe they were in a very difficult situation, and then they go on and have their own children, and then have to look, to look and they love their children. You know, mothers, the love that you have for for a child is just you, you can't even imagine it until you actually experience it. And then they have to understand every day what that they snuffed out. You know, a life that could. It was like they're looking at this beautiful child that they love. So, you know, that there's a lot of women out there that I believe are in a lot of anguish about that. And that, um, you know, Michelle brought that up, that, that there is help um, and that, that we all need to, like, you know, have compassion towards towards them, too, and that they they can believe that, you know, um, our, our Father in Heaven Look, you know has, has, you know, forgiveness. So just, just to kind of keep those those women in mind yes um there are a lot of women that i that as you say that have made a decision and maybe they regret it some of them may not we've heard from one that doesn't she felt empowered the the story i read the first hour uh leticia james our attorney general made a point of how she uh felt proud to go in and get her abortion and i just i shake my head and wonder what in the hell is wrong with this woman how can you actually say that without any regard to the life that <clears throat> was in your body? But, I mean, that's who she is. I don't believe in criminalizing women because they make difficult choices in their life. I do think that what we need to do, though, is also <clears throat> start to, if you think it was difficult for the woman, how about for the baby? Um And... Then also, you know, I've had friends that have gone through this, and and I wouldn't criminalize them, and I wouldn't want to see them, you know, castigated by anybody. And that's not the point in talking about these things in, for instance, when I refer to it as murder. I understand that that upsets some people. But that's what it is. And if we let ourselves off the hook and find euphemisms for it, then we deny the importance of what is actually happening. Now, that doesn't mean I want to see women criminalized. It doesn't seem, uh, look, you know, there's this saying, very wise, wonderful person, judge ye not, least ye be judged. 
And, you know, I forget that sometimes. We all forget that sometimes. One of the things that I think we as human beings need to do is remember that we all have flaws and we all have to answer up at the end of our lives. And we all have to answer up for what we do, how we treat people, how we live. And I know that there are some things that I've done in my life that I'm particularly ashamed of. And there are other things that I did that were wrong, that I don't feel ashamed of, that I know were still wrong. And we all have to answer for everything that we do. So you made some great points. Uh, we're going to talk to Michelle Bachman again. Wanted to talk with her today. I don't know whether our schedules are going to work out. I texted her earlier. But um, we, we'll catch her during the week if we can. She's just an amazing person, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. But you make a lot of great points there, Susan. And, um, and thank you for being so clear on this. <clears throat> this is not, an, you know, liberals always say, they always gloat, and then they always tell us don't gloat when something happens. And I don't know whether we're gloating or not. This is not gloating. I think that there are a lot of people that feel almost that a tremendous weight has been lifted from the national shoulders of America that we have finally, finally put behind us one of the worst laws ever to come down in our history. And I understand that there are a lot of people that don't look at it like that from the left, but just as over time they expected us to get used to the idea that that abortion was okay, and we never did, I don't expect these people to on the left to suddenly just say, okay, we're done. No, this is going to continue to go on in court cases after court cases. I was thinking this morning there will be liberal judges who put their uh, their ideological interests first, who will take cases so that they can try their best to start the process of having this precedent overturned. If this holds for years and years, it'll be interesting to see how the liberals talk about this, whether they will regard this as a stare decisis case, whether they will respect this as a stare decisis case. I don't think they will. Let us continue on the phones. Ringwood, New Jersey, Eileen, welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you this morning, Eileen? Very good. Thank you, Bo. I was reminded of a local issue when you spoke about the turtle eggs in Florida. I remember well Rush talking about it. We have a a lake in New Jersey, and there are some wacko PETA Democrats going against the local people who own businesses and homes who would like to eliminate some geese because they completely create such filth around the area where people try to walk. And all the lake commissioners would like to do is oil the eggs of the geese so those baby geese don't bring and come back the following season to try to reduce the population. Now, my thoughts about this are these wacko lib Democrat PETA people would be out marching today and all 
in for abortion. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And this goes exactly to it. Now, these people, the liberals, will defend a turtle egg, but they will not defend a human baby. They say a turtle egg is something you can't mess with. And the same goes to other uh, species. They will say the same thing about the egg of a bald eagle, of a, 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 a plover bird, of a, of a spotted owl. You better not go near their habitat. You better not go near them. And that's what they tell us all the time. But and I understand comes- that. Some species who are maybe endangered. But when you have Canada geese that are so prolific and all over the place and causing causing a health hazard, it's a different it's a different idea and they still don't see the sense of it. That's right. That's right. That is exactly right. And let me tell you something, those geese can be pretty, pretty you know, those geese can also be pretty aggressive. It's not just that they leave their uh their excrement all over the place. They can be pretty aggressive and territorial, too. So, Eileen, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Well, you know what, folks? That's our duo. I can't believe time is just flying here today. Remember, Larry Kudlow comes up after this show. Hour number three. We are looking forward to Princess Di in the next hour. We're going to continue taking your calls. We've got great calls on hold. So if you are on hold, stay on hold. Love to hear from every one of you. We've got one full hour to go once you're here for all of it. And if you'd like to be on the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Take a quick break. We're going to check in with some news. Coming back, and we will commence with hour number three when we get back. Don't go away. Welcome to hour number three oh of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are going to continue to take your calls. Of course, the big story today, the long overdue demise of a horrible law. And even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, hero to the left. By the way, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg got to hand it to her. She stayed on the court. She stayed on the court long enough for Donald Trump to appoint her successor, and we owe her a debt of gratitude wherever you are today. There, RGB, hey, 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 RGB, way to go. You did us good, finally, in the long run. But even she was consistent with saying that that Roe versus Wade was, was just terrible law from the outset. The dissent from the three remaining liberals on the court, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan was Roe and Casey, both of which were overturned. She said <clears throat> that both of those decisions understood the difficulty and divisiveness of the abortion issue. And they said in their decision, by overturning the landmark Roe v. Wade ruling, a woman has, quote-unquote, no rights to speak of. Now, that is not true. The court knew, they said, that Americans hold profoundly different views 
about the morality of terminating a pregnancy, even in its earliest stage. And the court recognized that the state has legitimate interest from the outset of the pregnancy in protecting the life of the fetus that may become a child. That is such an interesting distinction because it is not accurate at all. That is what is conjured up as a fact, but in fact it is nothing more than an opinion, not a fact. And that, by the way, doesn't even follow the science, which liberals claim to that they always want to follow the science. So they said the court struck a balance, as it often does when values and goals compete. It held that the state could prohibit abortions after fetal viability, so long as the ban contained exceptions to safeguard a woman's life or health. It held that even before viability, viability, there's another construct that they came up with, viability. That even before viability, the state could regulate the abortion procedure in multiple and meaningful ways. But until the viability line was crossed, the court held a state could not impose a substantial obstacle on a woman's right to elect the procedure as she, not the government, thought was proper in light of all the circumstances and complexities of her own life. They continue today. The court discards that balance. It says, from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. There's so much wrong with that. Beginning with this construct that from the onset of pregnancy and protecting the life of the fetus that may become the child. It is a child from the very beginning Notice they can never tell you exactly when it becomes a child because they don't know, and even in their own construct, they cannot be clear about something because this is all made up. This is a made-up construct. As we said earlier, these are the same people that will throw you in jail if you mess with a turtle egg. They understand that an egg is the beginning of that turtle's life. They surely get it. But for the sake of convenience, they ignore that and come up with a construct that there is this thing called a fetus that may or may not turn into a It always turns into a child because it is a child. And it doesn't really turn into a child. It is a child from the beginning. And then so the other construct, well, is it viable outside the womb? What does that have to do with anything? It is its own entity. It is its own entity. And as its own entity under the United States Constitution, it has the right to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'll tell you, so much of liberalism is made up of convenience. It's made up of convenience that says, let us do what we want to do so we don't have to take responsibility for the things we actually do. 
women have no rights to speak of. Now, again, I'm going to make the distinction I will all the time for rape, for incest, because that is not a situation where women have a decision. This is forced upon them, those two situations. But when it comes to consensual sex, women do have the right. They have the right to say, no, I'm not having the sex because I don't want to get pregnant. Or, no, we're only having sex under these circumstances. There has to be protection. One of us has to be protected. Because guess what, folks? Despite what liberals want to tell you, it still takes a man and a woman to make a baby. Now, we can keep dressing this up the way we dress up everything else in society to make it okay for liberals. Liberals will tell you, no, it doesn't have to be a man and a woman to make a baby. Two men can act. No, they can't. Two men can't have a baby. Two women can't have a baby. Somewhere in there, it's got to be a man and it's got to be a woman. And when they make a choice to have that kind of interaction with each other, there is a right involved. That is your right to have a consensual relationship with someone else. But in that right comes a responsibility. Roe v. Wade, they say, can now force a woman to bring a pregnancy to term, even at the steepest personal and familial cost. They don't want people to have to deal with the consequences of their own action. That's what liberalism is all about. Let someone else deal with the consequences. Let somebody else pay for me. Let somebody else deal with the consequences of my act. Let me avoid the consequences of my own behavior. This is what is really troubling them. The emboldened Supreme Court majority shows it's eager for change. Reinforced by Trump appointments, conservatives take on controversies dear to the right. This is in the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. They lament what has happened this week. With three nominees of President Donald Trump in each majority, the Supreme Court put a conservative shine on a greater role of religion in public life. Oh, 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 they hate that. It was nothing like what happened this week with the three nominees of President Donald Trump in each majority the Supreme Court put a conservative shine on a greater role for religion in public life, the Second Amendment's protection of gun rights against legislatures' concerns of violence. And then the biggest of them all, the long-awaited overturning of Roe v. Wade, guarantee of a fundamental right that was never mentioned in the Constitution to an abortion. Let's examine that. A greater role for religion in public life. What are they talking about? They're talking about that instead of just using your tax dollars to prop up failing government schools, where in many cases now we've learned we've got groomers and pedophiles trying to groom kids as young as three years old, four years old, five years old, in grade school. 
That's what they're talking about, the schools, that people can actually use their money, tax money, to send their kids to religious schools if it's their choice. We're talking about school choice. Now, it's very funny. The people that tell us that they're so pro-choice, so pro-choice, well, they sure as hell don't want a choice for you to send your children to the school of your choice. More hypocritical ideology from a party that is steeped in hypocritical ideology. The Second Amendment's protection of gun rights against the legislature's concerns of violence. Well, they're talking about New York. And when is New York concerned about violence? Really? Is that why the New York legislature allows criminals to escape the consequences of their action, get arrested? You let right back on the street so you can rape, pillage, murder again? What concern do they have in New York for violence? All they have are talking points, and people are seeing through it in New York with these phony bail reforms in the name of stopping racism and whatever else these liberals concocted as a means to let criminals back on the street. Hochul and Adams do not seem to care a whit about how many people go to jail, come back on the streets within 24 hours or 48 hours so that they can commit new crimes. And every week we see the same thing. This one has an arrest record with 120 arrests. This one's had been arrested 49 times. These people smash and grab. They throw people down in subway tracks. They beat up innocent people, women and bludgeon them to death as they're trying to walk in their own buildings. And what do we learn time after time after time after time again? These people have been in jail. They've been in jail repeatedly. And these damn Democrats keep letting them out so that they can prey on the good people of this city. And this happens all across America. And Americans are getting fed up with it. And finally... The biggest of them all. Overturning Roe v. Wade, the guarantee of a fundamental right to this fundamental right that these people point out never existed. It was made up. It was concocted. Just like they concoct the idea that there's a difference between a fetus and a baby. They concoct anything. They use words as trichonology. They use words to deceive the truth. And these same people that talk about a fundamental right for women to rule over their own bodies, when in fact we're talking about the body of a child, are the same people that turn around and stomp their feet and tell you that you better take their daggone vaccine or otherwise you're going to lose your job or you're going to lose your livelihood. These are the same people that tell you that you better shut down your business and you better wear a mask and you better do this and you better do that. While at the same time they talk out of the other side of their snake-filled two-faced mouth about we have this right to decide what we want to do with our own bodies. People are full of crap. WABC, Talk Radio 77, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. When we come back, the voice of reason, Princess Di will join us.
Don't go away. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> after that wild rant, I'm sorry. I, I can't help myself sometimes. We we have the, 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 the one, the only, the princess of reason and virtue. She has a calming effect on whoever hears the vibrant and beautiful sounds of her voice. Our very own majesty, royalness, princess. Diana, welcome, <laughs> Your Majesty. I'm sorry that I, 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 before your segment, I went off again. <laughs> I, I just go off the rails sometimes. I can't help myself. But these people just make, I just, I read this stuff and I get infuriated. And it just, well, you're right. I think that when you say you're, you go off the rails, it's when you are right on. I just cheer you on when you get yourself passionate about it, because you're right. And especially, I, I wanted to add, you mentioned about their use of words, devious use of words. I just wanted to note one thing, that all of a sudden, Dems and the Democrats know what women are. <laughs> they have <laughs> They have spent oh. a lot of time in the last year or so. Oh, we don't know what a woman. We can't define a woman. People who get pregnant. Now, you listen to every single Democrat, and they're talking about women's rights, and there's no question in their mind they know who women are. Well, well, well. Uh, you posted a story this morning, and I about fell out of my chair again laughing. The story is that liberals have turned on Liz Cheney. Because all Liz Cheney disappointed him. It was going so well, Liz. And then you had to celebrate the downfall of Roe v. Wade. What about this? <laughs> well, this is, this is, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, some establishment Republicans have, that they can reach across the aisle, they can make nice with the opposition party, and then they will be treated well forever by their enemies, their political enemies, and by the media is just false. And it happens every single time any Republican reaches across the aisle, then the moment that there is something that comes out of their mouths that's quote-unquote conservative or Republican, then they get turned on. So the idea that you can have an alliance with these people is just false. But it's the siren song that establishment types keep falling for, and they probably will forever until we vote them out again. Yep, so now they don't like old Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney celebrated the downfall of Roe v. Wade. Now she's on the outs again. Well, interestingly enough, this week, Mm -hmm. I I have to tell you, this week, she sent out letters, fundraising letters, and pleas to the Democrats in Wyoming, telling them to cross the aisle and vote for her, because she is in deep trouble, as you know, in Wyoming, and probably will lose. So she really needs Democrats. So she stepped on her own message by tweeting celebration of this pro-life decision. Well... Now, Sue Collins is in the news today, too. Uh Senator Sue Collins, who voted for Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, that teed off liberals at the time. They kept saying, don't vote for these people. It's going to be the end of Roe v. Wade. She says, oh, no, no, no. They they assured me that they believe in stare decisis. 
And now old Sue Collins is out there saying, hmm, hmm, what happened? What happened here? They 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 told me that they they told me that they believed in stereo decisis. And now I have to tell you something. You're probably not going to like this. I like Sue Collins. I I I like Sue Collins. I think Sue Collins makes me infuriated so many times that I'm just ready to pull out my hair and I'm just like that Sue Collins and I call her all sorts of terrible names for 10 minutes and then I'll hear Sue Collins say something once in a while and I'm like, "Wow, that really makes sense." Sue Collins is very reasonable. But overall, I like Sue Collins. I just think that Sue Collins, look, she's a liberal. She's a liberal Republican. If she if she becomes any more liberal, she'd be a Democrat. But once in a while, Republicans can count on Sue Collins to come in and save the day on something. So, Well, she was the key vote for the Kavanaugh uh, nomination. So, yes, that is true. And she's probably the only kind of Republican that could win in her state of Maine. So, therefore, Sue, Sue Collins is part of the big tent, and she is important for the Senate. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree that she can be infuriating. But this idea that she took notes on what was said <laughs> in their conversations, and that has the force of law that these justices therefore have to go with her interpretation of her notes of what they said when they had a chat with her is just farcical. I, I think it's funny because I think she's looking for political cover because of what I mentioned, that vote was very controversial in her home state. And so she needs some kind of, well, he told me elsewhere, that's why I vote for Kavanaugh. But I don't think it's going to hurt her one way or the other. She has passed that crisis. So but I think, listen, so, can so, I, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so besides Hillary Clinton being the most cheated woman on in America, that's what Rush used to call her, I guess Sue Collins now is the second most cheated woman in America. She believed these guys and gals were going to just go ahead and be like uh, all Roe v. Wadey up, and they kind of just oh, pulled the rug out of Sue and cheated on her. Well, that Republicans always have done that. As I mentioned, the last – I mentioned yesterday, this is very important, the Casey ruling – was 5-4, and all five justices, this was uh, in the 90s, who voted to uphold Roe v. Wade were appointed by Republican presidents. So, you know, this is new to have Republican-appointed justices actually vote the way Republican voters hope they will. This has not happened before, and this is thanks to to Trump actually changing the character of the court. This is so profound. And I think that this is just the ripple effects of what this means. We all knew it would be momentous, but this is huge, huge in American history. Now, what were you going to bring up there, Princess Di? This is something, James, I, I cannot believe I'm reading. This is a Department of Justice press release. It's a statement from Merrick Garland. After the uh, Second Amendment Clarence Thomas ruling the other day, they released a, a interesting, we don't agree with the Supreme Court thing, which I thought was very strange to have the Department of Justice, instead of saying, you know, the court has spoken, they basically said, we disagree with the ruling. It, then yesterday, this long statement, angry statement with some really dis- 
disturbing comments that Merrick Garland made of what he plans to do to fight the Supreme Court. We have now a rogue Department of Justice. We all knew that was the case when it came to prosecutions. It's very political and that, that people who are conservative get short shrift by the Department of Justice. But now the Department of Justice is establishing a separate uh, judicial system. They are planning to work with federal agencies within these states that may outlaw abortion and basically set up abortion centers in the red states. If you read this statement, it says federal agencies may continue to provide reproductive health services. States may not impose criminal or civil liability on federal employees who perform their duties. The Justice Department is prepared to assist agencies in resol resolving any questions about the scope of their authority to provide reproductive care. It sounds to me like the Department of Justice under Biden is planning to set up federal agencies in states that may outlaw abortions so that abortions can be performed. I'm going to send you the link to this statement and see I what you I read the think. statement. I read the statement, and I was horrified. My statement, after I read it, I said, thank goodness this man was never appointed uh, and, and, and nominated successfully to the Supreme Court. And the DOJ yes, is corrupt. What may well be doing damage-wise to undermine the rule of law instead of saying the Supreme Court has spoken, which is what the Department of Justice has. Oh, this is new. This has not happened before. Right. So when, he does, so when he does, when he tries this crap in Texas, what he's going to get, he's going to get hauled into federal court once again. Because in these red states, in Missouri, in Texas, in Arkansas, they are not going to go along with Merrick Garland coming in there and setting up these rogue abortion clinics. They're going to haul his butt right back into court, and they're going to be defeated one more time because now we have precedents. Now we have stare decisis that Roe isn't in effect anymore. That's at least my take. Also, interestingly enough, in this same statement, uh, Merrick Garland is saying that the states may not ban the abortion pill based on a disagreement with the FDA's expert judgment about its safety and efficacy. So basically what the Supreme Court did was to base, say that this is now up to, up to states. Now the uh, Department of Justice is saying the states cannot weigh in or rule on the abortion pill, which is the exact opposite of what the Supreme Court has decided. So to me, this fight is not over because the left is so angry and they're going to and that's basically what this statement says. They're going to use every tool that they have. And this this is still going to need to be fought out. And I believe that they are going to do exactly that. I believe they're going to do exactly that. But there was a headline, and I, I'm forgetting the source of this. I don't. Oh yes, it was it was the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. Biden and other critics fear Thomas's extreme position on contraception, and I think this goes right to what you're saying right now that they know this is not over, and they know this is why Clarence Thomas is saying, "Uh-uh, we're not through yet. We have more to go." And I think that these people understand that there's going to be a continued fight over some of these things. I have one last yeah. thing to ask you about before time's okay. up. Corey Bush out in Missouri. Now, today, as of today, 
abortion is over in the state of Missouri. As of today, Cori Bush was out speaking out, and she called abortion an act of love. Abortions are an act of love. You You are an expert on language. I would like to know from you. How can anybody construe an abortion to, does this in any way, in any, and I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm, I'm, I just want, is there any way that this can possibly, in language, be an act of love? Well, you also mentioned act of empowerment, and, you know, the left has been encouraging women to shout their abortion, to celebrate their history, personal history. And, you know, unfortunately, it's so jarring to those of us who who are used to having language be the truth. The left on this particular issue is so used to lying and disguising. That's you mentioned all the work, you know, fetus and you know viability. It's all of this this fog of words rather than the clarity of baby and life. So this is part of what they do. And as you've noticed, that the the tide of opinion in this country has changed. And more people have been persuaded by the arguments for life. And so they are stuck in the lies they are in. And that is why this did not stand, because it was not built on truth. It was not built on the Constitution. It was built on legal sand. And it wasn't built on a moral foundation. So that is why it just has slipped away from them. And they don't know anything else to do but to continue to lie. And most people hear what you've just described and are repulsed by it, which is why they're going to continue to lose. Princess Diana, thank you so much. Always the voice of reason and sanity. We'll look forward to hearing from you uh, next week. And who knows what will happen next week. I imagine... It'll be more fireworks from the left. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir, James. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back after this. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ah, yes, Todd Rundgren, one of my favorite songs. Hey, Lou. It's me. Hello, it's me. I thought about us for a long, long time. Maybe I think too much, but something's wrong. There's something That brings back such memories. You know who did a great cover version of this? The Isley Brothers covered this song. 
In fact, I was going to do it this weekend, but then events took over. Diego, here's what we're going to do one one weekend. We're going to play, we're going to just have covers. We're going to play the original, and then we'll play the cover song. Because there's so many great cover songs. Let's do so, it. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll just come up with the list. You come up with your list, Diego. I'll come up with mine, and we'll figure it out, okay? All right, sounds good. All right. You know what? In Wontaw, New York, there were three murals that they're called uh, Birthright. Three murals for Birthright in Wontaw, New York, in Wontaw. They were created in the mid-'90s. One is a baby in a basket, like baby Moses, a circle of children's faces, and a depiction of a rose. And they're by the artist, Catherine Trunk, who is an amazing artist. So just a shout-out there. Shout out to Catherine Trunk, artist in Long Island. Uh, Gavin Newsom has teed off the Biden people. I wanted to get to this with Princess Di, but we didn't have time. So maybe I'll just hold on to the story because it'll still be relevant uh, when we talk to her next week. Biden advisors are reportedly irked that Gavin Newsom is trying to position himself as the next guy. Oh, here's what I was talking about earlier. Here's another story. Listen to this headline, folks. I'm sure you'll get a kick out of this, won't you? Sure you will. Quite brilliant. Uh, New York bail reform secures release of serial shoplifter with 122 arrests. Who D.A. Bragg even wanted jailed. That was, <laughs> that was a funny story. Here's a story that I touched on the other day. Didn't get into depth. Again, I'm going to hold this story. Because you need to hear more of this. California Hospital offers puberty blockers, sex hormones, to children as young as age three. Let me repeat that for those of you that is in stunned disbelief. Wondering if you've heard what you just heard and is it right? Yeah, you heard it right. A California hospital is offering puberty blockers, sex hormones to children as young as age three. The University of California, San Francisco, figures, doesn't it? Children's Hospital is offering puberty blockers and sex hormones to patients as young as three. They're making the claim that all these treatments are fully reversible. I'm telling you what, I don't know how else to, this is child abuse. This is just pure grooming child abuse. This is the stuff that you need to go vote on in November. Because this is what they want to do in every single community in the United States. When I say they want to do, radical leftists, not all leftists even agree with this. I got to tell you, there are some leftists that are horrified by this stuff. And I don't want to make it out like I'm painting a broad brush with every single leftist with this, because there are even leftists that say, what are these people doing? This is absolutely, can you imagine a doctor, a group of doctors, a hospital administration board saying, oh, three-year-olds, let's give them sex hormones, let's give them puberty blockers at age three years old. This is insanity. Back to the telephone, Staten Island. Mark, thank you for waiting. How are you? You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, Mark. 
A-OK, Bo. Thanks for playing so much of my life tonight. Uh, rest oh, I in love that peace, D. Murray. You know D. Murray? One of the greatest bass players ever. Nice. He, he was, yeah. And uh, I want to talk was about Was he Elton's um, bass? Wait, who did he play bass with? That's right. He, he was Elton's bass Elton's, player. Yeah. Yeah. And he had fantastic uh, backing vocals. He was just tremendous. You know, so rest in peace, D. We love you. Um, about the liberal hypocrisy about abortion. They say, that's not a baby. You know, that's like walking into a car assembly plant, looking at the frame and saying, that's not a car. You know, you people out here there who don't know life begins at conception, at the moment of conception, the DNA is imprinted, and that creates an individual. That's what makes us all individuals. <sighs> Love it, Mike. These, again, these are the same people who will tell you, who will tell you, oh, if you move that turtle leg, if you dare touch that turtle leg, we're going to put you in jail. Same people. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Mark, look, thank you, my friend, for the call. I appreciate you waiting and holding, and thanks for that shout-out. Let us go to Matawan, New Jersey, and Jay. You're on our Saturday morning, a radio extravaganza on WABC. Remember, Larry Cudlow comes up next. Jay, what's on your mind today? Morning, uh, Jen. Um, I was just thinking, I think that everybody should get a Medicare card at birth, just like you get a Social Security number. And the reason is, when you say, okay, voting, we're going to use your Medicare number. And the federal government knows the minute you die and everything else, so they can um, go through the voting record, say how come somebody voted twice and everything else. They have the whole database. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it, it, you, you, this audience is so awesome because we have some really bright people here. That's not something that I ever thought of. And it's an interesting proposal. I like to hear what other people have to say about it. We haven't talked about election security in a few days here because of, of course, these, these, these Supreme Court cases that have taken up so much attention. But it is never far in the background because we do have elections coming up, and there is a palpable fear that something is not right with our election system here in the United States. Jay, great idea. Thank you so much. Let's go to East Meadow. Rich, thank you for waiting. You're on with Bo Sterling, James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You're welcome, Bo. Uh, Thank you. Yesterday's show, I couldn't wait to hear what you had to say. It's the perfect example of why you're a must-listen for me. You didn't back up. You came forward. And as to the Democrats threatening us with the Elections, I can't wait to do it. Let's do it now. Uh, my question to you is, if the Democrats hadn't legalized full-term abortion, do you think we'd be sitting here today having these conversations? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> because Democrats always go too far. And that was, what, that was when people began to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And, I, I, folks, this is going to come as a shock to some of you. And I assure you that I'm not making anything up, and I am not um, in any way engaging in hyperbole. This is actually what happened. In Chicago, there was a law that said that even if a baby had attempted to be aborted and lived, once it's outside the womb, that that baby could be killed anyway. I'm sorry, there's no nice way to put this. 
I realize it is disturbing. Barack Obama voted for that law. The idea of full, yes, he did. The idea of this, 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 this late-term abortion, as they call it, on children that throw viability out the window. These are children that are actually born. Don't forget, we had a comment a few weeks ago from a woman that was saying, even if the child was two years old, the mother had the right to take it out. So when the issue came of late-term abortions and it became a national issue, people began to say, well, wait a minute, what is going on here? And that's what helped to change a lot of minds. Also, when those heroes went inside Planned Parenthood, and by the way, they've been sued by Planned Parenthood, and they are facing jail time for going inside Planned Parenthood and taking video of what was going on in there. And what was going in there, the left will deny this, but the video is there. If you search for it, don't take my word for it. Go search for it. You can find the videos of Planned Parenthood executives laughing about abortions and dismembering babies so that they could sell the parts. I know this is ghastly stuff to be talking about in the morning. I am not trying to upset anybody. I'm not trying to to ruin your morning with this stuff. But this stuff actually is happening in America. And that is why people became outraged. And then you look at Gosnell. Now, Ann McElhenney, my dear friend, and Flynn, they they told the story of of Gosnell. And this is what blows my mind. And 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 Flynn, uh, they're they're from Ireland, right? And it took two white folks from Ireland to come over here to actually tell the story of what was happening to black people in Philadelphia with America's worst prolific serial killer, and that would be Kenneth Gosnell. And most people in America, y'all know who Ted Bundy is. You can mention the name Ted Bundy. You can mention Wayne. Gacy, you can mention a, mention a bunch of these uh, uh, serial killers that are memorialized and made heroes by some aspects of our media. But no one will talk about Kenneth Gosnell and what he did to full-term babies, except for Ann McElhenney, except for, for Flem McClare. Two people from Ireland came over here to tell us the truth of what was happening in Philadelphia with America's worst serial killer who used abortion to kill full-term babies and their mothers. These cases are why Americans started looking and saying, oh, wait a minute, I am not in support of this. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. Take our last break here. Coming back, your calls will take us out. Don't go away. Stay with us. Radio 77, the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC. The emotions bring us back.
we got a twin spin from Mixmaster Diego to take us out and bring us back. The Emotions and Cheryl Lynn. Let's head back to the telephone. Shani in Bergen County, New Jersey. You've been waiting. Thank you for waiting. What's on your mind this morning, Shani? Oh, oh, Bo, thank you for that music. It took the edge off my anger. Um, and I love your show, and I love you. And I, and anyway, I listen whenever I can, every day if possible. Uh, when you said, can you imagine a doctor who would do these kinds of things? And then you talked about Dr. Gosnell. I thought immediately of Nazi Germany and Dr. Mengele. And you're absolutely right. The same evil in different bodies. And that, my friends, is something that we should never, ever forget, that that kind of evil does walk around in this world posing as doctors. And right now, some of these doctors want to start doctoring on three-year-olds with sex hormones and puberty blockers at the University Hospital in San Francisco. Amazing. Thank you, Shani. Nancy, Madison, New Jersey, you're on. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Good morning, Bo. Um, I love your show, but I was thinking, thinking, thinking. You know, when somebody commits a murder against a woman that's pregnant with a child, two mm-hmm. murders are involved in the lawsuit, not just one. So why are we arguing over the viability of a fetus? Because, because that law, is what... Mm-hmm. No, answer the question. The law, Go ahead. Why are we law, arguing? The law recognizes that there are two people. So that's my only thing. And one more thing I wanted to say. There was a young lady in college, got pregnant, married the boy, had three more children. She speaks all the time in, in um, universities saying, your first decision, your first choice was when you decided to have sexual activity without protection, which goes right along with what you've been saying all along. So thank you, thank you, and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. And I have a very dear, dear friend of mine who was pregnant at age 16, and she kept her baby. And right now, he is one of the most beautiful men you would ever want to meet on the face of the earth. She has sacrificed and done everything she can to raise him, and she's still a single mom. And you know what? He hasn't suffered one iota from it because he's one of the most wonderful individuals, and so is she. And so what? You know what? Life can win in all kinds of circumstances. Hudson, Bronx, New York, welcome. How are you, Hudson? I'm doing good, Bo. Hey, good morning. Listen, it's a it's an honor to speak to you. Uh, I just want to start by saying I miss Rush every day, and I, I really wonder what he would say um, every single day, at, you know, with these tough times. But uh, one thing is everyone talks about the media, the media, the media. I love your boss, and I love what he's doing with that station. I know he toyed with the idea of purchasing the Daily News, which is the second paper from people that are listening from not New York over here is I don't understand why people who are conservative with money, why we're not trying to purchase media outlets and so we can try to, 
you know, control the narrative. But, Bo, listen, you're the best. I miss Rush. Love you. Have a good day. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I hope more and more people on the conservative side, and even, look, WABC, what John Katsimatidis is doing here, he is opening up this station not just for conservatives, but to have honest discussion. I mean, you hear things. Look, I know you hear them on the show. We celebrate Pride Week on WABC now. Some individual host may not have that in their wheelhouse as something they want to do. But this is a radio station that is open to New Yorkers and to the world. Okay, we celebrate every single ethnicity possible in New York. Because this isn't just about a conservative place to be. WABC was an iconic station when it was music because WABC had the best music, period. Not just the best rock and roll, not just the best R&B, the best music. And that's what WABC as a talk radio station under John Katsimatidis is doing, the best talk. And so, yes, should people, should we see more conservative owning more media? We all hope for it. But the idea shouldn't be just to do, quote-unquote, conservative stuff. The idea should be to be the best. Be the best. And that's what the idea should be in media. Be the best. Joe, Passaic, New Jersey. Welcome. You're on WABC. God bless you for your great work. I got a great idea. I'm going to start an organization, Pregnant Men for Pro-Life. I'd like you to be one of the charter members for that. (laughs) That goes. Uh, Secondly, uh, President Jackson, he defied the Supreme Court. He said they made the rules with them, enforced them. So it brings to the question is, is there such thing as contempt of the Supreme Court and what could be done about it? Well, here's the deal. We, uh, President Jackson, that was a very unique case. When you have something like this, where now uh, already the law is being implemented, Texas and Missouri, as of today, abortion is done in those states. Those states have decided we're not going to have it here. California, on the other hand, New York opening up the doors to anybody that wants to come in and have an abortion. Folks, this was the genius of the United States Constitution. The United States and our framers had this idea of a, quote-unquote, a state, a state. And the states could be differently. If you don't like the state of things in your state, you can move to another state where life is better for you. You don't have to stay in a state. The states can be different. We don't have to have a blanket, one-size-fits-all regime of law. That is not what the founders intended. And so go from there. Let us go very quickly to Ernest in Rockland County. I think you might have the last word today because time is running out, Ernest. Thank you, sir. God bless you. And uh, a couple quick comments. Number one, you said you have the greatest audience and the greatest listeners. Let me tell you something. That's because of you, sir, your integrity, your your understanding of what truth is and the difference, knowing the difference between right and wrong. Thank you. Wow. That's number one. God bless you. You are a great man, and I will stand next to you in battle. Sir, I am a federal 
law investigator, and I'm going to tell you something that people need to know. It's New York law. I'm a New Yorker and a New Jerseyer. It is written in the law that no lawyer, attorney, or esquire may speak out against the judiciary. Garland did it. Chuck Schumer did it. These people must be arrested. Lawyers cannot speak out against the judiciary because they sign an oath as public officers of the court. And oh. that's what's causing this turmoil in this country. Ernest, it's- we have to stop you there. But what you just told us was important, and we need follow-through, and we need you to call here again. I want to hear the rest of this and the rest of your thoughts. You are brilliant. Folks, that's it. Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza, another week in the can. But we're back on Monday for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Remember, Larry Kudlow up next. Remember, we're with you here every day worldwide. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thanks to my amazing crew. You guys are the best. We'll see you next week. Bye.